0: Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 138, and today we'll be talking about the sixth Stephen Bomb. I'm GC13.
1: And I'm Sophia. This was quite the bomb, wasn't it, GC?
0: Oh yeah. Them putting I'm, I'm not actually sure that this one needed to be a bomb. I think this would have worked really great as weekly episodes.
1: Yeah, I think that too. Um I think the the, the first Technically, three episodes because the Lion Four was yeah, part it was of it. Technically... If we had Lion Four and then the um Dugout and the Good Lars as weekly episodes, and then Are You My Dad and I Am My Mom as a two-parter, that would have been like an excellent setup.
0: Oh, I don't know. I think. I think. Are you my dad? Would have been fantastic to leave us stewing for a whole week on. I mean, they've left us with I am my mom, so you can't say it would have been inordinately cruel.
1: Well, that's just begging for leaks at that point.
0: Yeah, that's a... Cartoon Network is not a very disciplined network.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, they basically tried to pre-leak their stuff by releasing it early on the app, which I think was very smart of them to do, actually.
0: I don't know. I'd like it more if it got out to like iTunes and Amazon as well. Uh, not just the CN app, but considering the business model, I really understand why they would want to be promoting their own streaming service. That's
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think that's wise for them. They're very smart to be trying to push that. I just think it was really funny how they did the very different uh, advertisement methods for... Uh, on on air and online. On air, you have this oh, everything's so fun in Beach City, yay! And online, they released just this dark, sinister oh, <laughs> stuff's going down trailer. It was great. Oh yeah. I described it as what we really are, except they have clips to back it up, and boy, did they back that up.
1: Oh yeah. Um, first of all, I hate the freaking fandom. Like, I'm so mad at you guys because you know I would have been happy not knowing the whole are you my dad thing until it was revealed in the episode because i probably would never have been smart enough to guess it unless i'd like really thought about it but you guys predicted it right out the gate like it was boom the immediately after that promo everyone knew it was from that one episode
0: and everybody knew oh hey yeah it's marble madness that did kind of make the episode really hard to watch because we all correctly guessed it so far in advance, and it's like, okay, watching Steven not have this figured out, I know that he well, doesn't okay. have recordings of his life to fall back onto, but still, it feels a little silly. Anyway.
1: Well, I, I can imagine that a big old chunk of the people who like the show probably wouldn't have guessed it if it weren't for the ability to share ideas like you have in the fandom, which, you know, like, obviously has its, its Yeah, it's um, the PC effect. effect. Yeah, and so a friend of mine, who's really into Steven Universe, but absolutely does not, talk with the fandom, he was um, watching it with me, because we he was just streaming it, and I was watching it in the channel, and um, and looking at his reaction, I'm like, you really didn't know? And he's like, how would I know that? And I was like,
0: mm, Yeah. I guess if you live under a rock.
1: I mean, yeah, like, I can't really have that luxury, because I do a podcast about it, like, isolating myself from the fandom would not be the smartest move, because I want to have, like, as many things to talk about as possible, but hmm. I do like a good surprise. I love being caught off guard, which is really hard because everyone's really good at predicting things, and the freaking leaks keep coming out all the time.
0: Mm. That's, yeah, by the by, the time I actually watched it, I, I knew basically everything that happened. I knew to watch out for the shadows in yeah Dugout. I knew that Lars stayed on the ship with Steven, and I knew that the fandom was right about my dad.
1: Oh, I did not know about the last thing with Stephen. I watched the promo and read the um the titles cuz I've like really tried hard to not look at the promos cuz they can really spoil themselves at that point, but the promo was like okay, and it was just reading the titles of people's speculation posts. Like people kept <laughs> saying marble madness and how they were how my dad was not, you know.
0: Yeah. And from there, any any junior intelligence analyst could figure that out.
1: Yeah, so that was definitely, you know, something that, you know, I wish I could be in that ignorance is bliss category.
0: See, I don't mind getting spoiled. I actually kind of like it, to be honest.
1: I do not at all. I love surprises, and I get really mad at people who spoil things. I like being... In the moment, I guess. Although, like, even though Steven shooting off to Homeworld wasn't a surprise, I was not ready for it.
0: Oh. Ooh. I also so want to say. Finally getting my wish.
1: Yeah. Are you happy? Yes. You've been saying this for what? A year? Year and a half since you started this podcast? You wanted a season on Homeworld. You wanted a whole Homeworld showcase. Well, you're getting it, GC. see.
0: Yes. Yes, we are. I've already started writing fanfiction for how I want the season to go down. <laughs> not literally, but I am imagining in my head various scenarios for how it could happen. And they're awesome, by the way.
1: Well, that's just the first step, GC. Like, that's how all fanfiction writers start out.
0: I'm not going to subject the world to my fanfiction. I am a better robot than that.
1: So yeah, let's let's go through the episodes in order, just sort of talking about what we liked. Um, so yeah, let's start with Lion 4, which I don't remember at all because it's been a few weeks.
0: Oh, that's okay. Lion 4 is actually a really simple episode. Um, What I, well, geez, this is kind of getting into speculation, but I do have to point out the question, uh, because Steven pointed it out. Why couldn't Lion warp straight there? Food for thought, huh?
1: Yeah, um, maybe he didn't really remember exactly where it was.
0: Oh, he beelined right for it. He didn't have to do any wandering. I thought it was really interesting how the you have this big door, but all of the walls were already <laughs> crumbled down around it. At first, I thought the door had opened up as uh, as an extra-dimensional thing, but then if you look back, you can see the outline of that ship, which I sure hope becomes important later. So it's like, nope, this is, this is an extra-dimensional. This is just a door with no walls to guard access to.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, something I, I thought funny about that episode was someone said, you know, what if all quartz, all quartz gems are hoarders?
0: So, <laughs> so that's what Rose saw in Greg.
1: <laughs> oh my god, um,
0: she saw a kindred spirit.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Amethyst is very obvious. You know, Rose was a little mm-hmm. bit more out of the way with her stuff. I mean, I wonder what Jasper hoards. I wonder what um holly blue hordes and all the amethysts. Horde of humans, obviously, okay.
0: I wonder if Jasper just has a room with the shards of her fallen foes.
1: Um, that would be dark. Huh. I
0: mean Jasper's a very intense gem.
1: Yeah. I've seen some fan art of in that style of horde of gem monsters, and it was Jasper just sitting on a pile of all yeah. the the snow dogs and the all the corrupted gems.
0: I do think it was really weird though that Steven was obsessing over Rose's intentions for him uh, in this episode because I thought he had I thought he was beyond this point after Storm in the Room. You know, I don't I don't want to say that the door was shut on it by Storm in the Room, but I I thought he had just kind of come to accept accept Rose as a genuinely loving individual at that point, but I guess he wasn't as far along as I had hoped.
1: Um, I think that's the kind of problem that Stephen is not going to be able to solve in any one, two, or three episodes. Like, a whole bomb could go by of him, you know, going into that introspection, and he would have a- he would not be able to get over it. And I think, well, yeah, that would really go into speculation, but we're probably going to see a lot of- a lot more character development Steven's Stephen's sort of identity issues.
0: <laughs> oh, so, yeah.
1: It was interesting, like- he flipped around completely. Like, he is having a hard time accepting the nuances and the subtleties of his mom's actions. Like, he's really... He used to think she was just this amazing, loving being, and then now he can only see her as a war criminal. And I think Mm -hmm. he's, like... His big development is going to be how he can, you know, hold those two ideas in his mind. How Rose is a really complex character who did not always do... The, the, the kindest actions.
0: I mean, not only did Stephen never know his mother, nobody else he knows ever really knew her either. They all only ever saw single sides of her.
1: That's right. It, it might be that Steven's the first person to ever really see Rose for who she was completely. You know, the Crystal Gems really idolized her, and you know, the Homeworld Gems really hated her and saw her for, you know, all the war crimes she committed, but... Hmm. Hmm. And this kind of like, I think we talked about this before in the Bismuth episodes, but I think Rose was really conflicted about who she was.
0: Oh, yeah. Because remember in We Need to Talk, you know, I barely know you. That's a good thing. Very powerful.
1: She's not very proud of her past. And I think this was hinted at, too, that Rose did what was best for the Crystal Gems, not necessarily for herself. Like, that might mean that,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: what she did to Pink Diamond really messed her up. Like, she was really...
0: Well, remember, the very act of having a child, yeah, you know, everybody may talk about, oh, yeah, Rose wants to do this to, because she thinks humans are great and blah, blah, blah. But she's committing suicide, so this can happen. Like, she is ending her life. Like a
1: weird partial suicide, I guess.
0: So, I mean, she, Rose had problems, too.
1: Yeah, hmm.
0: But I do want to say about the tape left for Nora. Obviously the second tape that was recorded. Yeah, but we, we
1: got a little bit more information from that. A little, little extra tidbits in there.
0: Yeah, like Rose's Ramble. It, like, the first tape did kind of sound like it was setting up a magical destiny. Uh, with the whole take care of them, Stephen. But with the with the Nora tape, it was a little bit more, you know, if they look to you, trust yourself, then she says take care of them.
1: Yeah, I think you know, a lot of people, you know, these theories have been going on for a while that everyone was kind of suspicious that Rose is secretly evil. You know, she made Steven because she had this big magical destiny planned out for him. And I think we kind of got it objectively confirmed that Rose had no idea the kind of stuff that Steven was going to go through. Like, she thought that Steven was just going to see the whole, you know, first half of the first season. That was going to be his whole life. He was going to be going on, like, harmless gem adventures and you know, meeting people and figuring out his gem self. And that would be his whole life. He'd grow up having, like, a moderately more interesting than average life than other humans. And, you know, if he died of old age, like, we would have no idea, so.
0: Yeah, not so lucky.
1: Yeah, and so I I think Rose had no idea. She didn't know anything about the cluster or maybe she knew about the gem experiments, but definitely not about the cluster. She didn't know that Homeworld was suddenly going to be interested. So. Yeah, I don't think she knew about Lapis either, so
0: Yeah, they live in interesting times.
1: So yeah, I mean uh. Rose definitely made some mistakes, but I don't think she was evil. I think she was just misguided at the most.
0: Yeah, but I guess we'll we'll probably touch on Rose next week. But <laughs> I guess we should I guess we should move on to dugout. We go from mother with dark past to father who couldn't be dark if he tried.
1: Oh, who knew Doug was gonna be such a quality dad?
0: Oh, yeah, he's good stuff.
1: I thought he was going to be a lot like, um, like, like, like Dr. Maheshwar like Connie's mom. You oh, know, very strict. intense. Yeah. Yeah, very intense and strict. Maybe not quite to the degree of Connie's mom, but, you know, none of us expected him to be this, you know, big, goofy, you know, lovable guy. You know, he was, he was great. And I did like, uh, another message that, you know, being silly isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. People who are are silly and fun can bring a lot of good to the people around them,
0: yeah, I will say this though. I have my one complaint about the early dialogue in this episode and the unnecessary exposition, oh yeah, the private security firm or private security company I work for you don't you don't need to establish that like we might remember or even if we don't, it's very obvious what you're doing, you don't need to work that in there. Minder complaint, but it just jumps out at me.
1: Yeah, my complaint, which is a big complaint and I'm really disappointed about, is that the wiener in hand sign was replaced. It's
0: still, it, no, it, it it was replaced earlier in the series.
1: I didn't notice. And now that I did notice and it was even like brought to attention, it, I would have loved to see Steven look on his phone and see Connie send him a picture of a sign that says <laughs> wiener in hand.
0: That's okay. It's, it's with the choky chicken now. It's in a better place.
1: Yeah, and, um, I also, like, would like, la- remember when, um, I think it was INJQ confirmed Dr. and Mr. Maheshwaran's names. And, he, uh, Dr. Maheshwaran was Priyanka Maheshwaran, and everyone yeah. was like, oh my god, that's, like, so cool. Like, she has this amazing name. And everyone was like, well, what's Mr. Dog. Maheshwaran's name? And he's like, dog. <laughs>
0: uh.
1: so I- it did leave for an adorable little pun in the title.
0: I mean, it doesn't really have much to do with uh, baseball, but hey, stakeout?
1: Yeah. Definitely. Um, what was it? Something... Oh, I... Hmm?
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, another f- very funny moment for me was when they're in the hyperspace chamber, you know, spinning around. He's like, I'll throw my flashlight! And he throws it, and it, you know, it makes it most of the way to the button, and then boomerangs back before Connie's like, oh no, the law, laws of physics! And I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure absolutely everything happening in that spinning ride was not accordance to the laws of physics. Yeah, I mean, and
0: so I, I just thought it was really weird. They're using cartoon physics, and then Connie's complaining, that oh no, the laws of physics make it so that obviously won't work.
1: Well, I mean, it's not going to work anyway, because if you are spinning and you throw something, I mean, the thing still has the inertia of whatever direction it was going into. I mean, if when Steven had jumped out onto the center platform, like, he would have been... Wheeling, he probably would have wheeled back into the center.
0: So yeah, the physics were strange. Also, I don't know how. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it was Aquamarine who trapped them in there, but they didn't do anything to indicate, not even on a second viewing, that there was magic involved. It's. I mean, it obviously has to be because we can see nobody grabbing that latch. But you think even the faintest glow on that handle? Um, would have been nice.
1: I maybe mean, it was yet. Like.
0: No, it couldn't have been because the door opened inside and then it got pulled out. Somebody would have had to reach their arm in there to do that. Hmm. And then the controls—how would the controls get operated?
1: Maybe it's a um, a remote control door. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I wouldn't put it past Onion to um, reprogram the machine.
0: Onion is a is a wild one, as we will see in uh, Are You My Dad?
1: Yeah, another thing that I really liked about this episode was, um, you know, Doug being an actual competent father, being like, yeah, maybe you're fainting because you're dehydrated from eating all <laughs> that garbage before dinner, and is completely justified because Stephen's diet is atrocious. Like, he's just allowed to eat whatever he wants.
0: Yeah, his mother really should be more strict with him.
1: His three mothers and father, who actually understands, mm-hmm. well, Greg wasn't exactly raised on a good diet either.
0: He might have been raised on the dairy.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if it weren't for Steven's healing spit, he would have quite a messed up immune <laughs> system.
0: Yeah, his teeth would probably be a, probably be a mess.
1: I mean, yeah. Um, and, and Steven, respectfully, they are not garbage.
0: Well, they are literally things that they would throw away if Steven didn't come and ask for them.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that I thought was cute was Steven taking up the Mario persona. What was his first name?
0: Peter Pizzapopolis.
1: Pizzapopolis. I had a brain lapse because I could have sworn Pizzapopolis was from something else. And I was searching, like, Pizzapopolis into the Google search for... Like, over and over again, not able to find any results. And it turns out that it reminded me of Pip and Paddle which was a fake last name that Team Avatar had used in the <laughs> first season to nice. speak into Omashu. And it was mentioned exactly twice. And I still remember that.
0: Hey, uh, as soon as he mentioned Avatar, my brain turned to Omashu for some reason, although I could- I would never- I picked that one out of the air. That is a very good catch.
1: Pip and which is just wonderful to say. Like, that should take over the super catch of Fragile whatever. whatever. Um,
0: see, for me, the reference to that episode was always the kangaroo island, I hear that place is really hopping. I love that line.
1: That is, that is adorable. Um, so, do you have anything else on Dugout?
0: Yeah, no, I I did think it was kind of funny, him s- saying that Coming to Funland to have fun was a terrible thing. <laughs> that was kind of amusing.
1: Not after closing hours.
0: <laughs> yeah. You may. Oh, I I do remember what I wanted to say. I don't know why they had Onion's torn uh, cloth on that fence, because it doesn't make any sense for how it got there. Because he, he would have had to tear that cloth off on it after it was broken.
1: Maybe he, like, was running from the other gems and snuck through...
0: Yeah, but it was snagged. It was snagged on one of the broken pieces. Is the problem? Mm. So the timeline doesn't make any sense because they would. Pro- they must have followed him in, and they're the ones who did that break in. Mm. So nice. that that kind of bothers me. Like, oh yeah, and the way the, and the way the episode gets flashlights wrong. I'm pretty sure flashlights can't cast light on something around a corner to generate a shadow. And I'm pretty sure that if you're a foot away from the wall. You're not gonna get a shadow that's like <laughs> yeah. five times as tall as you are. They
1: took quite a bit of liberties. I mean, honestly. All flashlight related, actually. Yeah, I, I, Cause it was the
0: throwing of the flashlight and the, and the shadows cast by the flashlight.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I honest to God thought, uh, Doug was going to whip out a Glock in the car.
0: <laughs> that's why they give us this.
1: I mean, they have shown a gun in Steven Universe, but not quite that overtly. Um. But yeah, if that's all we got on Dugout, we can move on to the good Lars which is um what someone commented on the Reddit which I found really funny finally in uncontroversial Lars episode.
0: Yeah, Lars is actually being cool for once. Kind well, of.
1: I find that I have a really um uncommon opinion about Lars. Like I never hated him. Like I always thought that Lars was a troubled character and he was really, you know, a jerk. But at times, like I would never deny that he wasn't you know, a big old meanie. Lars is a big, fat meanie! (laughs) Yeah, but I did, that's not to say, like, I never dreaded episodes that would focus on Lars, because I always thought, like, hey, now we're gonna see a little bit more of his character, because I could always tell that Lars had a lot more to him than that kind of exterior that he always put on, and that
0: I've I've never dreaded Lars episodes. Like he he's always like a wrestling heel, like Tiger Millionaire and Purple Puma. You know, guys, he's someone you love to see come out there so you can boo at him, and you're just booing. That's that's the reaction he elicits. But in this one, he's uh, he's turning face. I really want to cheer Lars on in this episode.
1: Um, I never wanted to boo at Lars. I mean, like. Yeah, he's always been
0: a tweener. He's half heel, half face.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I I never hated Lars' episodes like I hated Jamie or Ronaldo episodes, like...
0: Oh, you you don't even start. (laughs) I am so glad I was the only person recording for Rock'naldo. Oh, You and Hunter just would have dragged it down with your terrible lies about Ronaldo.
1: It's not lies. It's... Yeah, but, uh... I I look forward to Lars episodes. Like I I always thought, you know, he was a jerk and I, he would be insufferable if I knew him in real life, but like I can kind of empathize. Mm-hmm. I, I could always sort of empathize with his character and understand that he was putting on a lot of face for to try and hide his problems. And his problems are now very obvious. The he has some of the worst self-worth issues that you can imagine and some really lousy coping mechanisms for them. Like he's either completely playing down his achievements or, you know, trying to insult others to bring the attention away from himself.
0: Yeah. I I do like when he's explaining to Stephen about how, you you know, basically he's trying to explain that, Oh You you know, if I do this, everything's going to be all happy and family and fun. And Stephen's got this seriously look on his face, like straight out of one punch man or something.
1: Yeah, Lars just he really cares about his image and
0: Lars Lars's image is because he knows in his heart that he will be rejected by anybody, so he wants them to reject a false Lars because yeah, the, the only of, thing more unbearable than being rejected is to have the real him be rejected.
1: Yeah, he's sort of putting on this like self-sabotage, you know, because if if it ends because of Like, if it ends on his own terms, if they reject him on his own terms, like, that would be more bearable. But, yeah, and I mean, like, Sadie did say something that, you know, a lot of the fans had noticed before. Like, the cool kids aren't cool because, like, they're popular or, you know, too good for you. They're just
0: really cool people.
1: They're just, you know, like, chill people. Although they kind of give off the vibe that they're all pretty high.
0: Buck. Buck gives off the vibe of being much more hostile than he actually is.
1: Yeah, he just, he deadpans things.
0: What did you bring to our really cool Pop Buck? <laughs> uh, did you notice him in the Guitar Dad shirt?
1: I did. I did notice. And by I noticed, I mean I saw the post that brought it up.
0: Ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and something that I did, I do also want to draw attention to, is that Lars is Filipino. Yep. Because we that got- That is where Ube is from. So, the ube, like, enough probably would have been some good proof, but in the Keep Beach City Weird book, which I did not buy, but have heard things about, his last name is Bariga, which is a Filipino last name. So, yeah, we
0: learned so much.
1: Yeah, and for the people who keep saying, oh, Lars knows Spanish, the people in the Philippines do not speak Spanish. They speak Filipino. So, um...
0: Uh, speaking of things that you didn't notice, but you saw the post of, I saw the post saying that, yeah, Lars made it there before Steven to throw his ube roll in the trash.
1: I did see that. I saw that actually on my own, not through the post, which I'm very of. But yeah, it was, um, because I had paused the the episode so I could write down some notes and I saw in the trash can the thing. And it was maybe because they didn't feel like redrawing the background again. Yeah. But, um. Yeah.
0: But yeah, they, they took Onion, then Lars shows up for the party, loses his nerve, gets picked up, Sadie gets picked up, then they pick up Jamie. Then we'll see what happens to Connie and Steven later.
1: Boy. Yeah, Um, another thing that I thought was uh really funny was Bingo Bongo being transcending, <laughs> which was just like such an incredible overstatement.
0: Every time I hear Bingo Bongo, all I can think of is, You're getting it wrong! It's Bingo Bango! Root Beer Guy is going to be so disappointed in you guys.
1: Yeah, if you're referencing something, I have no idea what that is.
0: Um, it's Adventure Time?
1: I've only seen episodes.
0: Well, Root Beer Guy's a pretty good episode.
1: Eh. Yeah. Um, also, the instrument Jenny was playing, I had no idea what that is, and I looked it up, and it's actually called a melodica. Hmm. which can look very different. Like, some of them look like this flute that you sort of stick out straight from your face. Well, I guess more like a clarinet. Um And instead of, you know, finger holes, it's a keyboard. But, hmm. uh yeah, you can also just have a weird mini keyboard with a tube sticking out of it that looks like it comes straight out of Toys R Us, so. Hmm.
0: Very musical bunch.
1: Yes, I do like that about the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, that well, uh, it's written by some musical people.
1: I wonder if we're ever going to have a character that's just tone deaf. Absolutely awful with music.
0: boy diamond.
1: Oh yeah, um kinda going back to Dugout, I mean like how much you wanna bet that Ronaldo had posted about his weird rash on his blog and that's how Steven knew about it.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I mean Steven is like the only person who reads the blog.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Ronaldo seems like the type to post that kind of weird personal information for his five followers to see. Another thing I liked about this episode is just sour cream being so extra. when you Oh, with the glow, glow sticks. sticks.
0: Yes. That was beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think both sour cream and onion are have a lot of flair. Just unnecessary <laughs> flair to their
0: personalities. Yeah. So I guess we want to move on to Are You My Dad?
1: Yeah, that kind of brings us on to the transition of sour cream and onion. You know.
0: Yeah. The the wanted poster has been repurposed to a missing person's poster. Yeah,
1: I didn't even notice that till like, the third viewing. I thought they just chose a really unfortunate picture, but no, they just took a red Sharpie, drew over his wanted posters, and then had them photocopied. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, that is... I mean, that is so Onion.
1: <laughs> also, who would make a, wa- a wanted poster for a child stealing tickets from an arcade game?
0: I mean, who would make a wanted poster for Onion? You'd think everybody knows who he is because he's a troublemaker.
1: I want to bet that it was actually Mr. Smiley personally who advocated for the wanted poster of Onion.
0: Yeah, maybe he put it out himself. I mean, it is his security camera.
1: (laughs) I also liked how the weird side room in Onion's house is his office.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's that's
1: an interesting word
0: for it, office. I never would have got that.
1: I mean, it's about as far from an office as you could possibly get.
0: It's more like a think chamber, really. <laughs> like an actual think chamber, not like Stephen's primitive think chamber.
1: Yes. And so let's bring this on to the absolute highlight of this bomb. The, the, the thing that has me just up awake at night thinking about is the gems and their art, which has added at least five years <laughs> to the end of my life.
0: Oh, I absolutely love Pearl, honestly. I couldn't even draw a circle. And she did a very good sketch. I mean, she's not going to be a police composite sketch artist, but...
1: (laughs) Also, how bad is Steven's description of Aquamarine that they couldn't guess what she was? How many short gems that are blue with teardrop gems that can fly are there?
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like something Pearl should have picked up on, especially considering what a big deal Aquamarines are.
1: Yeah, yeah, that kind of brings up this theory that the Aquamarine we've seen the show is actually an in- era two Aquamarine, and they originally look like what Pearl had drawn originally,
0: and mm. that no, because she she wasn't like acting like there was any gravity at all. She actually did something that looked very much like a lapis lazuli. Actually,
1: yeah, that is true. A lot of people have been pinpointing that, which I think is very fun. But also, it revealed that. Connie is a weeaboo, and Amethyst is furry, <laughs> which is very fitting. And Garnet is...
0: Garnet is apparently a comical
1: character sometimes? I think Garnet's just Garnet. I don't Like, I honestly can't tell if she was genuinely really wanting to draw herself, or she just wanted to make a joke. Like, I can't tell. Pearl's art had me reeling. And I mean, like, how good a character is at drawing can really show a lot into their character. Because Steven, like, he is, he's a growing artist.
0: Yes, he's very enthusiastic.
1: Yes. And he is trying to improve. Like, he is very much consciously trying to become a better artist. And it, it doesn't come quite as easily to him as music does, but he, he's trying. And, you know, Amethyst is just sort of like, I imagine most of her art experience is in graffiti. <laughs> and, um, and Pearl is very well-practiced. Being the most unrealistic part of the show is someone with good handwriting also being a good artist.
0: Well, people with bad handwriting can still be bad artists, right? Well, yeah. Okay, good.
1: But there's this weird thing that artists have kind of bad handwriting, which is weird because, like, you should be able to draw yourself bad handwriting, but it doesn't work like that, sadly.
0: So yeah, we were we were talking earlier that this episode was kind of awkward because, well, people like you and me already knew the twist going into it, but ooh. That was a pretty good reveal though, uh, it was. Aquamarine calling for Topaz. Like, that whole, that whole sequence, I say bravo.
1: Yeah. And, um, it, it's interesting how, when relaying the message, the gems weren't able to pick up on the fact that Steven was using a possessive pronoun. Yeah. Like, they obviously have possessive pronouns in their gem language, so how were they not able to pick up that there's a gem, at l- like, they could have at least thought there's a gem named Dad.
0: It might have been Peridot messing up on her report.
1: She wrote it like, M-A-I-D-A-A-D or something like that?
0: Don't know, but, but she might have just listed it listed it as several humans and not put my dad in quotation marks. I, I, I can see her being very literally minded like that. I mean, they, remember, they put onion, I think, instead of onion.
1: Huh. Well, then why wouldn't they have thought I think, is, like, its whole other word.
0: Curiouser and curiouser. I don't think that at the time in Marble Madness, they knew what they were going to do with this. I think this came later. And I guess they decided, oh, hey, we could have this whole confusion over my dad.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it is a good story choice, but at the same time, like, kind of going into the... kind of thinking about how the gems would have filed that report, how it would have worked. I mean, like...
0: It's... It's like the flashlight in the hyperspace chamber. I just don't think it works that way.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, at least Aquamarine would have kind of put two and two together when Connie was saying, I'm not your dad. Like, hmm.
0: Yeah, and Aquamarine's not stupid. We find out later she is a very free-thinking gem. Hmm.
1: I mean, like, it was just a little bit of a stretch to make that twist work all the way until the end, but, you know. Yeah. It's best not to think about it too much.
0: So, shall we seg into I am my mom? Uh,
1: one last thing. Uh, in the confrontation in the forest, when Topaz defused to, uh, capture Connie, you see Jamie's bag drop on the ground, which contains- Stephen's
0: distinguished, distinguished khakis. khakis! Oh, I do remember one other thing I wanted to say. Um, when Amethyst is asking for another bear claw, it sounds- or asking for a bear claw, it sounds like she says beer claw almost, and then she's- Guzzling the can of beans <laughs> like she's drinking a can of beer. I I just can't un I just can't unhear beer claw.
1: <laughs> Every um, time I
0: see that shot.
1: I didn't hear that, but uh I don't even know if a- alcohol would even affect gems, at least not in the way it does humans.
0: Probably not. Oh and of course since we're back at that scene I, I can't avoid mentioning how adorable Pearl is talking about We made a tiny
1: house yes. for crabs The Sand Castle Oh my goodness. I just, like, if it weren't for all the plot after the episode, like, I would have been so obsessed with that little
0: scene. I mean, is there any doubt that Pearl is the best?
1: They're all the best. They're all so precious. And, Mm -hmm. um, Stephen's little postman song.
0: Yeah, from, uh, all the way back in Cheeseburger Backpack.
1: Yes, and, uh, now it's got a little tune, uh, music Mm -hmm. part to accompany it. Yay!
0: But yeah, stuff gets real in I Am My Mom us learning about aquamarines and topazes and pearls like, yes, they're a big deal.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um something that I did notice that I thought was kind of interesting is that Aquamarine's diamond on her chest makes it look like she has a tie and collar.
0: Yes, I liked I liked her little little outfit there.
1: Mm-hmm. And um also that uh, a few episodes ago, um we're in Navy's Navy's betrayal was absolutely uh, set up for a future plot episode where they would need the spaceship and they did not have it.
0: Yep, so it's just like, yeah, let's just remove this spaceship from them really quickly.
1: Yeah, it wasn't so much about, you know, Navy and her character as much as we need an excuse to get rid of this ship. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing that I thought was absolutely just, mm, it was something, was uh, everyone asking... Why are they taking your friends? And Steven, like, because my friends are the best!
0: (laughs) And everybody's like, yeah, whatever, Steven.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, just because they're rocks, they don't have to be so stone cold. (laughs)
0: Bird!
1: Yeah, I mean, like, they could have been like, oh, they are, Steven, but I'm sure that's not it.
0: (laughs) Oof. So yeah, most of this episode is actually taken up in the confrontation between Aquamarine, Topaz, and the Crystal Gems. Which is... Mm, magnifique!
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have expected that. Like these, these five episodes just whipped by. They would, they definitely. I mean, I think the one that felt the longest was probably the Good Lars. Yes. In like, in my view, the rest were just you know, you barely even feel the the eleven minutes.
0: I mean, so much, so much action. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this though. I mean, if it had been Barb who encountered Topaz instead <laughs> of Garnet.
1: There would have been no contest.
0: Yeah, we would have, we would not be having this conversation. Um, Aquamarine would have to be slinking back to Homeworld all by herself uh, with no humans, because Barb would have taken care of business.
1: Yeah, I mean, she would have gladly sacrificed Jamie to get saved back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Jamie I... Was, Zabie was Jamie was great. It's like
1: save yourself after you save me. I mean, like I can't believe Topaz was just about to twist off Jamie's head like a chicken's. <laughs> that was just super dark.
0: Aquamarine had some great facial expressions, too.
1: It was just... Yeah, and, and I remember mentioning to my friend, you know, Barb just elicits fear, her running through town looking for her daughter.
0: <laughs> uh.
1: Like, there was this one post I saw, because you know that meme where it's like, no fear, and then someone has a shirt that says something scary, and then their shirt changes to one fear? <laughs> Yeah, mine was that, like, I saw one where it was like, no fear, and then it was Barb rushing through Beach City looking for her daughter, and it changes to one fear.
0: Yeah, we need Topaz with a no fear tattoo. (laughs) I was kind of disappointed, though, at how Topaz doesn't seem to be a very effective fighter. You see how she was skirmishing with Steven and with Connie, but she didn't seem to be putting her heart into it.
1: I think she's just not that strategic or tactical. She's just a big old tank. Which is kind of what makes Jasper so special. She's huge and dense and also
0: smart. Yeah, because Topaz was able to crush Steven's bubble with one power attack. So she's got some muscle on her. Um, and that was just uh, that was just a single Topaz, not the fusion.
1: Well, it's possible that uh, Steven was not quite concentrating.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, he couldn't concentrate enough to form up into Stevani.
1: Yeah. That's my thing. Where's Stevani?
0: Oh, Connie even suggested it. Steven couldn't yeah. do it.
1: Like, they even, it couldn't even be something like, oh, they were too preoccupied. They couldn't, like, it was brought up. It doesn't take them that long to fuse. And Steven's, you know, doing his whole freaking out thing.
0: Mm-hmm. He was too busy freaking out to uh, to fuse.
1: Yeah. And, um, and Stephen being whole, the whole thing, I'm not my dad, I'm my mom. And it's like, you are literally your dad with a gem stuck in it.
0: <laughs> no, his hair is not nearly as magnificent as Greg's.
1: Well, we don't know what Greg looked like at Stephen's age.
0: I'm pretty sure you don't go from uh, curly hair to a magnificent mane like that in a few years.
1: Well, Stephen's hair is very much curlier than Greg's. hmm. Yeah, but it's just like Stephen's the genetic clone of Greg that grew and developed with a gem stuck in it. Like, He's both his dad and his mom. Like he's one hundred percent Greg plus a one hundred percent Rose. Hmm. So. Hmm <laughs> It always bugs me, like there's so much more to his identity than just the little gem stuck in it.
0: Well tell that to the diamonds.
1: Oh yeah. Hmm. That would be going into the speculation episode we wanna he have he next week. He he
0: he. It's happening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I uh, got
0: my wish. We'll hate you for well, it. Well, one of my wishes.
1: One <laughs> of my wishes. If we, uh, we got all of GC's
0: wishes, the world could be a much different place. Are you, are you going to hate me if I get my Beach City Underground Wrestling series?
1: Um, If it's in a comic, I don't care.
0: Okay, so Sophia will allow a comic. Good to know.
1: <laughs> um. Also, something that I noticed is that the ending of I Am My Mom was a lot like the ending to Back to the Moon which transitioned into bubbles. You know, Stephen mm. flying off into space and someone screaming after him. And then the, show, and the episode ending in this horrible, horrible cliffhanger.
0: Yep. Like I said, this should have been weekly. I mean, because it would have been great if it was weekly. Everybody would have been complaining about the cliffhanger at the end of Are You My Dad? And then they'd be like, oh my god, after <laughs> the cliffhanger of I Am My Mom.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I was mad when they first released this. I'm like, this is where they start they end the Steven Bomb. Like the Steven Bomb should have started right after this. Everything before this mm-hmm. should have been weekly. And then we have the Steven Bomb. But nope nope nope. This is the season finale. And well,
0: let's cross our fingers and hope it's only three weeks until the next uh next episode.
1: god. Yeah, another thing I wanna say is I'm really less. upset with Cartoon Network and their pacing of Steven Universe. Like, so many people Like, a lot of these people, like, you know, that weird pacing Steven Universe has, it's really because you're waiting three freaking months for an episode, and then getting them all at once, and then nothing. Like, you know, people are going to be a lot less tolerant of filler episodes when after, like, a huge hiatus.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they would just do one episode a week for three months, then take a break for three months. Episode a week for three months, take a break for three months. A
1: bomb for season finales only or stuff like the yeah or really like huge contained events like the Sardonyx bomb or the Stephen and Space bomb. What are we calling this bomb by the way?
0: Uh, well, so far it's just been Stephen Bomb 6. We, they haven't called it anything special, uh, have they?
1: I don't know. Beach City napping.
0: The the Beach City abductions.
1: The abduction bomb. I don't know. And I think it's going to be quite a difficult situation to have to go through the next couple episodes only a week at a time.
0: No. That'll be- I, I'm always happy when we have the weekly episodes. The bombs make me so sad, because like you said, it's over so quick.
1: Yeah, and it's just- Bombs are such a pain, because they get leaked so easily. Um, They're very much unnecessary. The whole second Steven bomb didn't have to exist at all. I think the third one was Sardonic's. The fourth one- the fourth one made sense because it was Steven's birthday. The fifth one in space also made sense, but this one didn't.
0: Nope. I mean, they were all thematically put together. Well, I mean, lion form was just kind of tacked on there. Yeah. <sighs> Lars, uh, Lars and Stephen are finally living my dream.
1: <laughs> yeah, stuck in a spaceship to an uncertain
0: doom. Well, uh, They'll find a way. They always do. I mean, let, let me put it this way. By the time he's done with them, those homeworld gems are going to be seeing stars. But I, I guess we really should leave it there, because we've been doing a lot of recording, and uh, we've got to save some stuff for next week. Mm-hmm. I want cake. We have plenty of stuff to be talking about next week. Want me some? Want me some ube?
1: Also, uh... Thank you for sticking on to the end of the episode, because we have a little announcement to make.
0: New podcasters! Uh-huh.
1: We are going to be holding um, some auditions for new podcasters, because Dakota and Ken have been finding it really difficult to record at all. So uh, we've been, we're we actually looking for two more this time. And so we're going to be having some more information on the Reddit And the official website and on our Tumblr. So you can look there for the specifics, but in general, you're going to be recording an audition and emailing it to lssauditions at gmail.com. So yeah, we're super looking forward to seeing your guys' auditions, and we'd really, we really do need the, the, the new members. So you should really look into it if podcasting is something you'd be interested in. So yeah, uh, check the the description for the the audition post, and love to see what you guys turn in.
0: Yeah, whether you want to join us or if you just like listening to us, we'll see you all next week. We'll be speculating about this Stephen Bomb and its consequences. Until then, I'm GC13,
1: and I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes.
0: Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Stephen Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarSeaspire.com.